Hey everybody, it's Dan Dan here, and we are diving into a big book study. Today we are in a fantastic chapter, the last one of the first 164 pages, called A Vision for You. It starts off on page 151. As we get into this chapter, you know, when I first came along, I thought it was a vision for like you, you, not me, you, or a vision for them, a vision for somebody else. And as Bill gets into this, he's going to wrap around the same ideology he's brought to us all along, that we have this condition that's powered by an allergy that leads to an obsession and we cannot stop drinking, that we do this to the bitter ends of existence and some do die. He's going to go over all that. He's going to give us a few stories. Some of the guys that were first into AA and for you AA historians out there, Be sure to shed light on this for the folks in your room or your sponsees. And then we're going to get finally into this vision for, well, you, you, and me, you, and all the people around us use. The vision is for all of us and that it's possible to recover. The context of this, again, is really early in sobriety. He's not writing this with more than, you know, he's got five years sobriety himself. So there's not something that's written for the guy that's a veteran to AA, though I think there's stuff for all of us to take out of it. It is a chapter that is written for the newcomer to just say this kind of one more time, though the hope is built all through this. So let's let's get started. A Vision for You, page 151. Starts off like this. For most normal folks and normal, uh, what I hear in the rooms is you'll find normal in one place on planet Earth. That's on a clothes dryer. For most normal folks, drinking means conviviality, which is a friendly nature, companionship, and a colorful imagination. Remember those days? It means release from care, boredom, and worry. It is joyous intimacy. That's that sense of being close to people, right? We kind of lose that with friends and a feeling that life is good, but not so with us in those last days of heavy drinking, because some of us had that. Some of us, a lot of us, I know I did. I had a period of time where drinking was a lot of fun, and I did enjoy those things. The old pleasures were gone. They were but memories. Never could we recapture the great moments of the past. There was an insistent yearning to enjoy life as we once did in a heartbreaking obsession that some new miracle of control would enable us to do it. So we see these people sitting around in other places in the book. He says, drinking with impunity, without any consequences. And we imagine ourselves that way. We don't live that way, though. There was always one more attempt and one more failure. We just make commitments that we don't keep. The less people tolerated us, the more we withdrew from society, from life itself. As we became subjects of king alcohol, shivering Denzians, which is a creature that lives like in a cave or something like that, shivering Denzians of his mad realm, the chilling vapor that is loneliness settled down. It thickened, ever becoming blacker. Some of us sought out sordid or bad places, hoping to find understanding, companionship, and approval. Momentarily, we did. Then would come oblivion and the awful awakening to face the hideous four horsemen. Terror, bewilderment, frustration, and despair. 
unhappy drinkers who read this page will understand. I was an unhappy drinker. I couldn't get drunk anymore. And I think that's a vital point that he's making. That if you're at this point today, if, you're, if you've arrived in AA and terror, bewilderment, frustration, and despair are upon you, you can't get drunk anymore. Or when you drink, you just drive right past anything normal. Moderation is no longer in your vocabulary. You said you weren't going to drive drunk anymore, and here you are, second or third DUI. You promised people in your life that you were going to lay off or moderate, and you've been unable to do it. You might be the unhappy drinker that understands this. So we move on. Now and then, a serious drinker, being dry at the moment, says, I don't miss it at all. Feel better. Work better. Having a better time. As ex-problem drinkers, we smile at such a sally. We know our friend is like a boy whistling in the dark to keep his spirits up. He fools himself. Inwardly, he would give anything to take half a dozen drinks and get away with them. He will presently try the old game again, meaning he's about to do it again. Sometimes we see this with new people in AA, the so-called pink cloud. Things, you know, they get some relief from legal matters. They get some relief from financial matters, relationships start to become less tense or even good. And man, you get that idea in your head that, hey, I got it now. I got it now. And without the program of AA, I know I'm at risk of that because I've done it. So he will presently, meaning now, he will now try the old game again, for he isn't happy about his sobriety. It's still focused on not drinking instead of service to others. Hmm. He cannot picture life without alcohol. Someday he will be unable to imagine life either with alcohol or without it. He stands at the turning point. He stands at the turning point. And hopefully he asks God, asks him for his protection and care with complete abandon, as it tells us in how it works. At that point, at that turning point, then he will know loneliness such as a few do. He will be at the jumping off place. He will wish for the end. So many of us have arrived just like this. I would dare say all of us. <laughs> I would, but that's probably not true. Many of us have. Sometimes death, suicide, getting an escape, geographical cures, all these things, you know, they seem better than trying to tackle this spiritual program. And I want to say to you, if you're out there thinking that, this is the easy, soft way. There is no better way to tackle your problems than what's suggested here, in my opinion. We have shown how we got out from under. You say, yes, I'm willing. But am I to be consigned to a life where I shall be stupid, boring, and glum, which means sad, like some righteous people I see? I know I must get along without liquor, but how can I? Have you a sufficient substitute? Because we do love substituting. Right. You know, a lot of guys end up in AA as alcoholics that didn't think of themselves that way because they were using some other compound, some other drug, some other thing in life, spending money, sex, whatever it was. And when they arrested that problem, they just threw alcohol in instead. And bam, you know, now they're alcoholic. So this is our promise. This is what Bill's message is. Yes, there is a substitute and it is vastly more than that. It is a fellowship in Alcoholics Anonymous. Hmm. Fellowship means friendly relationship. There you will find release from care, boredom, and worry. Your imagination will be fired. 
Life will mean something at last. The most satisfactory years of your existence lie ahead. And I, I guarantee you, anybody with any time in AA that's worked these steps the way it outlines it in the book would agree with that line. Thus, we find the fellowship and so will you. How is that to come about, you ask? Where am I to find these people? So this is written a long time ago. So it wasn't like today where you go online, you hit the app, it's like seven o'clock here, eight o'clock there, 30 minutes away or whatever. They didn't have that going on. So he says, where am I to find these people? And, and Bill takes an interesting turn here. He puts it back on the alcoholic, right? You are going to meet these new friends in your own community near you. How? Well, here it is by serving them. Near you, alcoholics are dying helplessly like people in a sinking ship. If you live in a large place, there are hundreds, high and low, rich and poor. These are, these are future fellows of Alcoholics Anonymous, because you're going to go get them. Among them, you will make lifelong friends. So you build your fellowship around you. You will be bound to them with new and wonderful ties, for you will escape disaster together. And you will commence or begin shoulder to shoulder your common journey. So his answer was, go start an AA group. Just go out and start one. He didn't say you got to know anything. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. And he said, go find these people. They're desperate out there. If you live in a crowded place, there's hundreds of them. Go grab you a few. Start an AA meeting. He goes on. This is important. Then. After you've started your AA meeting, once you have commenced shoulder to shoulder to go on your common journey, then you will know what it means to give of yourself that others may survive and rediscover life, the cornerstone of successful recovery. To give of yourself that others may survive and rediscover life. It's not to get your job back, get your finances straight, get your relationships right so you physically feel better, get out of your mental problems. Oh, Lord, it's none of that. It is to help others survive and rediscover life. You will learn the full meaning of love thy neighbor as thyself. That's an amazingly powerful line because remember, he's talking to a guy that's like, how in the world do I do this? Where do I go to find these people? And he says, yeah, go, go find you some drunks out in your neighborhood, right? They're there. Go shoulder to shoulder with them on this journey. Come alongside them and walk with them. And there, by serving each other, you will find this incredible rediscovery of life. And it goes on. It's going to mention that incredibleness here. It may seem incredible that these men are to become happy, respected, and useful once more. How can they rise out of such misery, bad repute, and hopelessness? Hmm. How? Well, the practical answer is that since these things have happened among us, they can happen with you. That the barrier doesn't actually exist. Hmm. Should you wish them above all else and be willing to make use of our experience, we are sure they will come. The age of miracles is still with us. Our own recovery proves that. He hasn't mentioned anything about anything, really. Just go and get these people together and begin to work with each other to stay sober. That's it. Our hope is that when this chip of a book is launched on the world tide of alcoholism, there's it is, defeated drinkers will seize upon it. The book, the book, the book.
book. Defeated drinkers will seize upon it to follow its suggestions. That's what we do. If you're a defeated drinker, seize upon this book. Dive in, grab it, don't let go. Grab hold hard and follow its suggestions. It goes on, many, we are sure, will rise to their feet and march on. They will approach still other sick ones. Here's the service thing again. They will approach still other sick ones and fellowships of Alcoholics Anonymous may spring up in each city and hamlet, which is just a small village. Havens for those who must find a way out. It's an amazing thing. It's not talking about all this great stuff. So many of us get here, I know I did, trying to get stuff for me. And the suggestion here is to arrive here and start immediately to do stuff for everyone else, particularly other alcoholics. In the chapter, Working with Others, you gathered an idea of how we approach and aid others to help. Suppose now that through you, several families have adopted this way of life. You will want to know more about how to proceed from that point. Perhaps the best way of treating you to a glimpse of your future. Perhaps the best way of treating you to a glimpse of your future, a brief or quick view of your future, will be to describe the growth of the fellowship among us. Here is a brief account. So here we're going to get just a quick synopsis of how AA came together. So you're going to see uh, AAs, I, I believe two, three, and four come along this way, and you historians will correct me or whatever out there. In any case, what you're going to hear is hopelessness turned to happiness, that a horrible life becomes a life of harmony. Years ago, in 1935, one of our numbers made a journey to a certain western city. From a business standpoint, his trip came off badly. He had been successful in his enterprise. He would have been set on his feet financially, which, at the time, seemed vitally important. But his venture wound up in a lawsuit and bogged down completely. The proceeding was shot through with much hard feeling and controversy. Bitterly discouraged, he found himself in a strange place, discredited and almost broke. Still physically weak and sober, but a few months, he saw that his predicament was dangerous. He wanted so much to talk with someone, but who? One dismal afternoon, he paced a hotel lobby, wondering how his bill was to be paid. At the end of the room stood a glass-covered directory of local churches. Down the lobby, a door opened into an attractive bar. He could see the gay crowd inside, and there he would find companionship and release. But it'd be temporary, right? It'd only last a few minutes, and then it would be oblivion and the four horsemen. Again. Unless he took some drinks, he might not have the courage to scrape an acquaintance and would have a lonely weekend. Of course, he couldn't drink. But why not sit hopefully at a table, a bottle of ginger ale before him? After all, had he not been sober six months now, there it is. That's something we got to watch out for. That's that pink cloud wearing off, right? Six months sober. I can go anywhere. I'm invincible. Perhaps he could handle, say, three drinks, no more. Isn't that just how that drinking demon gets in us? It starts off as ginger ale, and then it's like, I'm just going to hang out. Then I just have a few drinks. It'll be all right. But he catches it. He catches it and he says, it says fear gripped him. So he's actually recoiling from it as a hot flame. Like it says, we will. He was on thin ice again. It was the old insidious insanity. That first drink with a shiver. 
He turned away and walked down the lobby to the church directory. Music and gay chatter still floated to him from the bar, so you can just feel it. He's like, eh, I'd love to do that. But what about his responsibilities? What? Keeping a commitment? Responsibilities? And some way you can break that down his, what about his response? Ability. He's, got, he's using an ability that he's gotten from sobriety in the program and his fellowship with other alcoholics. He's built this skill, this ability to respond to these thoughts rolling around in his head. But what about his response ability, his responsibilities, his family, and the men who would die because they would not know how to get well? Whew, that's what's at stake when you relapse. Ah, uh, yes, those other alcoholics. There must be many such in this town. He would phone a clergyman. His sanity returned, and he thanked God. Selecting a church at random from the directory, he stepped into a booth and lifted the receiver. His call to the clergyman led him presently to a certain resident of the town who, though formerly able and respected, was then nearing the nadir, which is the worst point of something, right? The nadir is the lowest point. The nadir of alcoholic despair, that feeling of no hope at all. It was the usual situation. So there's nothing he's about to hear or discover about this guy that is like unusual. So those of you that are new here and you think your situation's so bad or that, you know, whatever is in your life is unique to you, you're probably in the usual situation. Let's check out what that is. It says, home in jeopardy, wife ill, children distracted, bills in arrears, and standing damage. Standing being your reputation. He had a desperate desire to stop but saw no way out, for he had earnestly tried many avenues of escape. Painfully aware of being somehow abnormal, the man did not fully realize what it meant to be alcoholic. And this is where we come in. When our friend related his experience, the man agreed that no amount of willpower he might muster could stop his drinking for long. A spiritual experience, he conceded, was absolutely necessary. But the price... There's a price to pay, but the price seemed high upon the basis suggested. You know, it does for a lot of people. At some of these, we balked, right? The price seemed high upon the basis suggested. He told how he lived in constant worry about those who might find out about his alcoholism. Hilarious. He had, of course, the familiar, familiar, common, normal, typical, understood, anticipated the familiar alcoholic obsession that few knew of his drinking. Because, because I put mint in it, no one can tell it's vodka, right? Because I put green drops in it and then put in a scope bottle, nobody can tell. Like the fact that I'm drunk doesn't give it away. Why, he argued, should he lose the remainder of his business only to bring still more suffering to his family by foolishly admitting his plight to people from whom he made his livelihood? He would do anything, he said, but that. So it wasn't willing to let go, absolutely, right? Being intrigued, however, he invited our friend to his home sometime later, and just as he thought he was getting control of his liquor situation, this is when that demon old drink grabs you. I got control. Things are good. One of the stories is a perfect day. Another one of the stories in, in the big book, just sitting down to lunch. Hmm. Getting control, that's my story too of a relapse. Getting control of his liquor situation, he went on a roaring bender. For him, 
This was the spree that ended all sprees. He saw that he would have to face his problems squarely, that God might give him mastery. One morning, he took the bull by the horns and set out to tell those he feared. So our book tells us that making amends, it's better to go to the more difficult ones. It might be more beneficial. To tell those he feared what his trouble had been. He found himself surprisingly well-received and learned that, well, it turns out, learned that many knew of his drinking. Stepping into his car, he made the rounds of people he had hurt, night step stuff. He trembled as he went about. So he's scared. He doesn't know what to say, but recognizes if he doesn't own up to this, there's no hope at all. For this might mean ruin, particularly to a person in his line of business. So I hope you AA historians can speculate and talk about about his line of business, because I know you guys know all about this. At midnight, he came home exhausted, but very happy. He has not had a drink since. Wow. As we shall see, he now means a great deal to his community and critical line. Listen to this. And the major liabilities of 30 years of hard drinking have been repaired in four. We recover. He is a recovered alcoholic and we do repair our lives. We can. If you're sitting there thinking, but not my life, Dan Dan. Oh yeah, your life too. Get on in this thing and it can be repaired. But life was not easy for the two friends. Plenty of difficulties presented themselves. Both saw that they must keep spiritually active. Hmm, what's that mean? One day they called up the head nurse of a local hospital. They explained their need and inquired if she had a first-class alcoholic prospect. She, pre- <laughs> she replied, yes, we've got a corker, which corker means excellent. I hear corking, and I thought forever the corker meant like, you know, somebody who's popping out the cork. But we have an excellent candidate, right? He's just beaten up a couple of nurses, goes off his head completely when he's drinking, but he's a grand chap when he's sober. Though he's been in here eight times in the last six months. Understand he was once a well-known lawyer in town, but just now we've got him strapped down tight. Here was a prospect, all right. And remember when we go through the four different types of alcoholics, there's a couple of places where the book does it. It talks about what our best candidate is. And when we get to the bottom of that two wives one, number four, it talks about this really desperate person and it says, you know, there's hope for that guy, right? That, that's the guy we're really after. The use of spiritual principles in such case was not so well understood as it is now. But one of the friends said, put him in a private room. We'll be down. Two days later, a future fellow of Alcoholics Anonymous stared glassily at the strangers beside his bed. You guys have seen the famous picture. Who are you fellows and why this private room? I was always an award before. So he's already, you know, first thing is like, what, what, what is going on here? I'm not getting what I want, right? Said one of the visitors, we're giving you a treatment for alcoholism, a treatment. So in the context of 1935, the word treatment might not be like treatment we think today. What they were talking about was a plan that works, a treatment in their time was often just referred to as a plan, a plan that works. So we're giving you a plan that works for alcoholism. Hopelessness was written large on the man's face as he replied, oh, but that's no use. Nothing would fix me. I'm a goner. The last three times I got drunk on the way home from here. 
I'm afraid to go out the door. I can't understand it. For an hour, the two friends told him about their drinking experiences. Over and over, he would say, that's me. That's me. I drink like that. I've had numerous experiences like that talking to new guys. The man in the bed was told of the acute poisoning from which he suffered, how it deteriorates the body of an alcoholic and warps his mind. There was much talk about the mental state preceding the first drink. Hmm. Yes, that's me, said the sick man. The very image. You fellows know your stuff all right, but I don't see what good it'll do. You fellows are somebody I was once, but I'm nobody now. From what you tell me, I know more than ever I can't stop. At this point, the visitors burst into a laugh, said the future fellow anonymous. Damn little to laugh about that, I can see. Damn little to laugh about that, I can see. He just just gets mad. I was sitting in a meeting one day and everybody was having a good time. I was like, this is a life or death matter. People get it together. You know, that same sort of thing. These two friends spoke of their spiritual experience and told them about the course of action they carried out. You notice that it doesn't say that they shared their opinions, their theology, and their insistence that it be done a particular way. It says that they shared their spiritual experience, the course of action, strength, and how to carry it out, what they did and how it rendered them where they are that day, hope. He interrupted, I used to be strong for the church, but that won't fix it. I've prayed to God on hangover mornings and sworn that I'd never touch another drop, but by nine o'clock, I'd be boiled as an owl. I don't, I've never seen a boiled owl, but we'll assume that that's pretty darn drunk. Next day found the prospect more receptive. So it, he's had a chance to think about it, right? We're hitting him up again. He had been thinking it over. Maybe you're right, he said. God ought to be able to do anything. Then he added, he sure didn't do much for me when I was trying to fight this booze racket alone. On the third day, the lawyer gave his life to the care and direction of his creator and said he was perfectly willing, completely willing to abandon himself, to do anything necessary, to go to any length. That's what we're looking for, right? Desperate and eager for the opportunity. Perfectly willing to do anything necessary. His wife came, scarcely daring to be hopeful, though she thought she saw something different about her husband already. He had begun to have a spiritual experience. Hmm. That afternoon, he put on his clothes and walked from the hospital a free man. He entered a political campaign, making speeches, frequenting men's gathering places of all sorts, often staying up all night. He lost the race by only a narrow margin. But he had found God, and in finding God, had found himself. That was in June of 1935. He never drank again. He, too, has become a respected and useful member of his community. He has helped, key word, he has helped other men recover and is a power in the church from which he was long absent. So you see, there were three alcoholics in that town who now felt they had to give to others what they had found or be sunk. Once again, it's another reference to that idea of service to one another. We help other alcoholics to recover. We are responsible to help anyone, anywhere who reaches out for help. That is the critical factor. The purpose of 
learning the tools of the steps to practice this design for living, to practice the skills taught in the steps, to learn about patience, kindliness, tolerance, forgiveness, love, to learn how to do these things. The purpose is to be a spiritual leader for the most desperate people in our society. You too can lead people from the very gates of death, just like it tells us in the family afterward, that we have a debt that we owe to this, that it's something that we are obliged to do. And if we don't do it, we will be sunk. So when you think about this, bring to mind this idea that the reason for you to be here today is not to get you sober. It's to get you educated and ready to teach you about the conjuring and creating of a spiritual life so that you can save another person from the four horsemen, from the very depths of awfulness that alcoholism is, from that point of, do I kill myself or not? Do I just keep drinking or do I try to get sober? You know, what am I going to do? And you can show them that the broad, broad approach to God is just that. It's open to everybody. If AA proves anything, that the higher power, that the universal spirit, that the God, that the creator of the universe has an extremely low threshold for contact. <laughs> it's extremely low. And we can do it. So a great discussion today, and I think this works right with this part of a vision for you, is to talk about that very thing. The four horsemen is a great place to start. If you've been around for a while, how did those four horsemen work to motivate you as this AA number three came along to that, basically that same point. How did it motivate him? How do you relate to this story? Did someone come visit you to gen up in a treatment center? Was it a police officer? Lots of us get intervened on with police officers. Is that how you found this program? What was it that brought you here that finally broke down that ego and that pride and that stuff, that junk, that useless set of character defects it keeps us from grabbing on to the power greater than ourselves, which our book tells us can be just the group for now. What, what, what allows us to do that? And that another key point is that the reference to success is the book and the actions of the book applied in service to others. Even though AA number three here did in fact get a lot back and he's this, he's had that political campaign. He's obviously got himself back in good standing with his community. Even though that's absolutely true, it's to focus on helping others. It says right there that these were alcoholics. It says right here that, so you see, there were three alcoholics in that town who now felt they had to give to others what they had found or be sunk. So talk about that. How do you orient yourself away from the concept that AA is a selfish program? Because it is not. It is a service program. Or that AA is a self-help program because it is not. It is a spiritual help program. We go after a power greater than ourselves. And how do we leverage that? Are we doing our very best today? Are you doing your very best today to be ready for the newcomer? Are you at a high state of readiness because you keep your house clean and practice these spiritual principles? in all your affairs. Talk about how that works out in your life, your frustrations, your failures, and what it's like when you're unable to do it. What are those days like? So I hope you have a great discussion. There's a lot of talk about here. 
and pick back up part two. We're going to go through a couple of more stories and then dive into the vision Bill has for all of us and the hope of the fellowship's growth. I hope you have a great discussion.